Welcome, everybody, to the Northern Fathers podcast. I am Father Will. And I'm Father Matt. And today is Thursday, March 26th. It's the day after we celebrated the Annunciation. And uh, it was a beautiful day yesterday of just fraternity and prayer uh, and just remembering that Our Lady is interceding for us. And yeah, it was a good day. It was a good mini break from Lent. And uh, now we're back in the Lenten, the Lenten groove, so to speak. Father Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, it was a it was a good day yesterday, and um, had a, had a little bit of a different tenor, and it was fun to to be together. And um, oh, come on, tell everybody how great you feel right now. <laughs> I beat Father Will finally. <laughs> I, I am no longer the reigning champion. The title is now in the hands of Father Matt Lowry. It did take a combined effort of Father Dan and myself to not, you know, um, don't give him anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, we stopped him at every juncture. Uh, he, they tag teamed me. Yeah. And then I realized, wait a minute, Father Dan's going to win this game. So then I had to turn my attention to stop him. <laughs> they literally tag teamed me the whole beginning of the game until I was mathematically eliminated. <laughs> But I did appreciate that even throughout that, you were actually giving me advice. <laughs> and you're like, you should do this here. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Thank you. Oh, man. He's like, here's the card you need. I'm like, no, I'm supposed to pick it randomly. He's like, just take it. <laughs> I think I think it's time that we switch games and move into like the puzzle that the Lucky family dropped out for us. I think it's time to start the puzzle. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that if I walk away as the reigning champion. <laughs> it was also good to watch the end of... Lord of the Rings, which really was a, kind of a little marathon. Um, <laughs> it was. And I'm just kind of processing some of the themes. And, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest sci-fi guy. Um, I like reality. But I, I do see some themes there of, um, you know, you have evil, which is always seeking its own good and seeking to destroy, uh, the, destroy the good of others. But you have the, the, the good and... And it really is kind of a constant choice to persevere in that which is good. Um, and it's not looking out for its own interests, but it's it's looking out for one another. Um, yeah, and there's a real sacrificial nature to it. And anyway, so there's some, there's some beautiful themes there. Yeah, it was nice to watch a movie. Um, well, <laughs> it ended up being like, I think, six movies because there's two discs for each one. But it was nice to watch a movie or to follow a story where good wins. Uh, even in the midst of great loss and sacrifice, like, you know, there's a lot of battles and a lot of people die and there's cities are destroyed, but like good wins in the end and people are able to rebuild. And, um, you know, so much of our media today is saturated with, uh, I think, stories that try to pervert the good and try to make evil look good uh, and get you to side on the side or side on the side of evil. I guess that's, I don't know how you say it, but support evil. Uh, sympathize with it. Sympathize with it. Yeah. Like even make it become your disposition. Whereas this movie is very clear, like evil is evil and good is good and good might suffer, but good wins in the end. So it was really great to experience that. Is that more, that's not sci-fi. That's more fantasy. Yeah. I was going to say that. I didn't want to embarrass you. Uh, <laughs> I just, it's, it's just anytime you, Star anyways. Trek is more sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I just like reality. I don't know. When you get into these weird alternate things, it's like, eh, it's not believable anymore. So there's reality with wizards and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't like that. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah. And there's some loopholes in the Lord of the Rings story, but uh, there's some like like why all out of this out of nowhere do they have gunpowder to take down the the wall in Helm's Deep? And they have this secret army. <laughs> that they haven't. They don't have guns. Like <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah. This secret army that comes out of nowhere of invisible people that like can't be killed. It's like, well, that would have been helpful a while ago. Why didn't they lead with that? <laughs> Why don't they all just hang back and let them do their thing? You know, anyways, it's so. Anyways, can't take it too literally. It's a story. It's a movie for a reason. It is a movie, but a fun one. And I don't know. Again, it was just good to watch Goodwin. So, yeah. Ah, hey, let's talk about the gospel, shall we? Yes. <laughs> We're getting really good at our awkward transitions. <laughs> um, so, Father Matt, what kind of struck you about the gospel? What was the thing that moved you the most? Well, Jesus is he's talking to the Jews, and I, what I hear him saying there, he's saying a lot of things, trying to understand, but basically is where... Are they receiving their their praise? Is it from one another? Are they seeking human affirmation, or are they seeking affirmation from God? Yeah, yeah. That was there was a particular line uh, that deals with that 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 really struck me. He said, "How can you believe when you accept praise from one another and do not seek the praise that comes from the only God?" You know, like how can you call yourself a believer of God if the praise that you're seeking is not the God that you worship, but the people that you're around, you know? And so it's a, it's a, it's a question of where does praise come from and what does that mean for my life in the Lord? And, and I'm reading this book right now. Uh, it's called The Spiritual Life by Adolf Tancare, who is a, a French priest from the late 1800s who uh, taught in the seminary and he taught um, the spiritual life in the seminary. So uh, this is a book recommended to me by Father Keith Kenny, who's the pastor of St. Margaret Mary Parish in Bullhead City. Really brilliant guy. And uh, he said this is one of his favorite books. So I picked it up um, because I trust him. I trust his recommendation. Now, just so you know, it's 750 pages long. So if somebody listens to this and they're like, I want to read that, you're in for the long haul. It's a Lord of the Rings book. But he says, um, this is what I thought of when I was praying with that the gospel today in that line. He says there are four groups of people that oppose Jesus Christ in the gospel. He says the first group are uh, unbelievers who are hostile to the faith because it condemns their self-love or their pride. Okay, So that's the first group. The second group are the indifferent, and that's those who don't want religion because it might stir them out of their apathy. Like they're really comfortable where they are uh, in their apathy towards things that matter most. Uh, and they don't want to be stirred out of that. The third, he said, are hardened sinners. And these are people who would follow the Lord, but they love whatever sin they're a slave to so much. And they just can't let go of it. And then the last group, he said, he calls them worldlings. I like that. It's, it's, it sounds like a Lord of the Ring term worldlings. And these are people who believe and even practice their faith, yet they combine it with the love of pleasure, the love of luxury and of ease. Uh, And they end up scandalizing their neighbor 
by giving their neighbor occasion to say that religion has very little influence on the moral life. Um, and he kind of unpacks that a little bit with worldlings. And he says that the paradox of worldlings is that they find greater humiliation in a blunder, like a small mistake made in the sight of many people, rather than, a, than in a real fault committed in secret that violates their relationship with God. And I, I don't know what it was about that. It just really struck me of like, wow, how often do I find myself acting like a worldling, you know, where I'm like, I'm trying to love God, but I'm also trying to love the world at the same time. And I end up seeking more praise from the world than I do from the Lord himself. That was just a real profound thought um, this morning. And when I read that a couple of days ago, huh. it makes me think of, you, you know, that the, you're saying that you're afraid of making a blunder before men, so to speak. And one of the, modern sins that you see on full display is narcissism that that I have to I'm always right and and I want people to like me and I have to have a good image and anything that threatens that image we we fight against and we 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 don't show our weaknesses um we're afraid to show them um because we want people to like us I mean, that, I mean that seems like a a good thing but I think it's more important that we want God to like us isn't isn't that what fear of God is fear of God is that God I want I'm afraid of, I'm more afraid of offending God than my neighbor yeah or put another way is I want to seek to please God more than pleasing my neighbor yeah yeah and that fear of God is just remembering who's ultimately in charge and where all the praise and glory belongs um, and I think you know we're afraid of maybe saying the wrong thing in front of a bunch of people um, or we're more humiliated by that than we are by these really bad faults that we have that no one else knows about that they're just committed in secret, you know? I mean, this kind of goes back to seminary days. Like one of the challenges when, that we had to get through and learn and when we were in the seminary was when times got tough, um, the first thing we were tempted to let go of was our prayer. <laughs> you know, when you have a ton of essays due and you got final exams and you got final formation, you know, things to get done. And the one thing that people don't see is like what you do in the secret in prayer. And that was always the temptation to sacrifice that in order to please the formators and please the instructors, you know, that's a real legitimate temptation, you know? And again, whose praise am I seeking here? What relationship matters more in the end? Yeah. And you could, I mean, now is almost a, an opportunity to, to see ourselves more truly, right? That I see that thing with the college students. Well, I love the Newman Center because it it can make it really easy to grow in holiness. That you show up and there's all sorts of other people at daily mass, and you go to the chapel, and you've got a time to go to the chapel, and try, we try to make it as easy as possible to grow in holiness, to grow in that relationship with the Lord. But but what about when those the visible things or the easy ways are kind of stripped away, and it's okay? But what am I doing at home now? Yeah, a am I still praying? Am I reading scripture? Am I taking time for that um, when it's just me in my room versus being out more publicly? Would other people see it? Yeah. 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 I think right now we're in a stage where like this is, I think it's an opportunity uh, to really develop that inner life. And I know we've talked about that a couple of times, but 
I don't think we can stress it enough. This is an opportunity to go before the Lord in prayer and to try to do things that no one else is really going to know that, that are pleasing to God the Father. You know, and to do it because at the end of the day, like we want to give glory and praise to Him. We love Him more than we love the world. You know, because I, I don't have a church I can walk into now with like several hundred people where they're going to see me and they're going to see me at mass and they're going to say, oh, how cool it was that so-and-so was there. Oh, that so-and-so is really committed to their faith. Like you're not going to get that right now. You know, so uh, all that we can receive right now uh, is just praise from our father in heaven and the, the little things that we do in secret. And I think that that's important. And I think it's a gift and an opportunity uh, right now. But I think it's it's much more important what God says about us than what anybody else. That He's the one that speaks our identity to us from that relationship with Him. That He says, "You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter," and that's not based on anything I do. You know, so even if I'm even if I'm lying in bed sick and I can't do anything, I can still be who I am, beloved son of the Father, and and to just rest in His care that God loves me because I exist and not because I, I'm doing certain things um, for him. Um, but what does he want me to do? But just to, to receive his love, to receive, I don't know, just his gifts, um, to receive his word towards me. Um, to, that's going to, that's, we want that to be rooted more deeply within us than what my neighbor says or how many likes I get on social media because that, that fades and we have to keep searching for, for that. Yeah, and this definitely touches upon our first reading. You know, when um, the Israelites are in the desert and they're doing just, they're committing idolatry. They're worshiping the golden calf and they're, they're, poor, they're performing all kinds of inappropriate behaviors. And uh, Moses is up on the mountain with God and God says, hey, um, uh, the people have gone crazy. <laughs> you need to go down there. And God kind of throws out that idea. What if I were to wipe them all out? You know, he, he doesn't propose it as like, that's what he wants to do. He proposes it in a way that an instructor uh, poses a question counter to what he's been teaching his students to see if they can respond to it. Um, and Moses, is, Moses aces that final exam. He basically shows how um, God is not going to wipe out his people because God's not bad. God's good. You know, and God's not going to wipe out his people because his people are good. His people are not good, <laughs> but because he is good, you know, and, and God loves us. This is the beautiful part. Like God loves us no matter where we're at, whatever situation that we're in, because he is good and because he is merciful. Uh, and if God's goodness towards us were dependent upon ourselves, man, we'd be in trouble. Uh, but God's goodness never changes and God's mercy never ends. And so God is always trying to to love us because he is good and that's what it means i think to give glory and honor to the lord it's just to constantly remember god's ever enduring goodness yeah yeah and it makes me want to go pray you know like just to go be with him um, and to go to him as i am that i don't have to put up appearances or pretenses i don't have to hide but just go to him as i am and that he's not put off by that but that's what he wants and yeah, I just I just feel great security there and an affirmation from the Lord. It's it's something I can't control. I can control, you know, building a golden calf, but but to go to God in vulnerability and just say, "Here I am. I haven't been praying. I haven't been doing what I need to do." And 
but you're the one I need. And he's like, that's exactly what I want you to do. Yeah. And I think the Lord is inviting us at this time to really pray about where am I at? Am I a worldling? What a question. Am I a worldling? You know, am I trying to have both, you know, feet, one in the gospel, one in the world, uh, where I seek the love and praise of the world, but also at the same time seek the love and praise of God. And it, at some point that just, that reality crashes because it's a false one. You know, it's kind of like stride and offense. Eventually you have to fall off on one side or the other. And so, I don't know. It's just a, a real powerful question, one that um, one that I've been wrestling with the last couple of days. And then, you know, Jesus asking that question in the gospel today just made me say, okay, I need to, I need to dig into this a little deeper myself. <clears throat> you know, whose praise am I really... Am I really seeking and am I trusting in the Lord because he is good? Seeking the praise of the world is exhausting because it's yeah. never ending. It's always and changing. It's, it's always changing and um, nothing I do is enough. But the Lord instead looks at you and I and he says, you are enough. Yeah. 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 And it always, uh, it always leaves, unfulf- leaves you unfulfilled at some moment, but well, thanks for listening, everybody. Father Matt, would you close us out in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you who in your goodness gave us life, who have given us this day, even though you know we're not perfect, but we are yours. Give us a freedom to be where we are as your sons and daughters. Help us to have confidence and courage and freedom and humility to come to you as we are this day and to receive from you your love, your healing, and your affirmation. Lord, give us a freedom from uh, what the world would say. Give us a freedom from what being attached to what people think about us, what they say about us, and just to listen to what you say about us. You who are our Father, as we pray. Our Father, who Who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be thy thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, till tomorrow. God bless you. Take care.